don't have enough time to sit down and read all the best Bitcoin articles? Well, let us read them for you. This is a Crypto Economy Quick Read. What is up, crew? Welcome back to the Crypto Economy Podcast. Um, I've got one today. Um, this is one that I actually read quite some time ago, um, and it was arguably before I even knew who Pierre Richard was, um, but it's, uh, you can find this one on the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute, nakamotoinstitute.org. Um, there is so much great stuff up here. Uh, so if you have not been to the nakamotoinstitute.org to, to, you know, go through like some stuff, they, they have a crash course in Bitcoin uh, political economy, I guess. Uh, yes, the Bitcoin political economy is what they refer to it as. And um, uh, it's a really great place to get the basis of a lot of the concepts in Bitcoin. Um, and I don't agree with quite everything in all of the articles, but there's so much, so much awesome stuff in that crash course that I would still definitely call it a must read for anybody who's getting into Bitcoin. Um, and with that, this is actually part of the crash course. And this is something that I had read. Not sure where I came across this. I don't think the, maybe the Nakamoto Institute was actually up back then. I'm not 100% sure if it was. But um, regardless, somehow I bumped into this article and I thought this was really great. Uh, back in the day, back in 2014 or whenever I read it, I think I read this during the during the heat of the bear market at some point um, after that that huge crash from a thousand. But this one is titled again. It's by Pierre Richard at NakamotoInstitute.org, and it is titled "The Bitcoin Central Bank's Perfect Monetary Policy." The following post provides an analytical framework so that critics and proponents of Bitcoin's monetary policy can engage in a constructive debate. Bitcoin has a central bank called the Bitcoin Network, which we will refer to as the Bitcoin Central Bank, or BCB. This central bank issues a currency called Bitcoins and processes the transfer of Bitcoins between accounts. The BCB's rule-based monetary policy was set at its creation and its independence is secured by the distributed nature of the underlying network. This non-discretionary monetary policy can best be described as asymptotic money supply targeting, AMST. The BCB issues bitcoins to a network of subcontractors called miners who perform the proof-of-work calculations that secure the BCB's independence and process payments. The seniorage subsidizes the payment system instead of benefiting the issuer or the seller recipient of bonds transacted in open market operations. Proof of work seniorage, or POWS, and AMST, or asymptotic money supply targeting, work synergistically to cause three monetary phenomena. One, Rational economic agents hold a balance of Bitcoins even if they have no Bitcoin-denominated liabilities. 2. The market sets exchange rates and interest rates without exception. 3. 
Fractional reserve banking cannot develop, so liquidity traps are impossible. First, it is rational for economic agents to hold as many bitcoins as they can afford to lose, i.e. without materially impairing their ability to consume or invest. The BCB can offer lower transaction costs than any competitor by orders of magnitude because of the proof-of-work seniorage subsidy. This deep competitive advantage gives economic agents the expectation that it will be adopted as a method of payment and that its exchange rate liquidity will increase. This expectation has repeatedly proven to be true, so the desire to hold bitcoins has increased, as indicated by the exchange rate and internet search volume. The market sets exchange rates and interest rates. The exchange rate volatility is a byproduct of the BCB choosing independent monetary policy, AMST, and free capital flow over a fixed exchange rate within the impossible trinity. Economic agents overcome their cognitive biases to acquire bitcoins in waves due to the word-of-mouth marketing of the currency. For some, it takes one exposure to Bitcoin to get it, while others follow the lead of trendsetters or finally succumb to their regret-aversion bias. Either way, these waves of adopters have a destabilizing effect on the exchange rate. Speculators are unsure of the amplitude or wavelength of adoption, and amateurish punters let their excitement as well as subsequent fear overwhelm them. The BCB does not intervene to stabilize these intermittent hype cycles because steady appreciation of the exchange rate would allow for an even greater buildup of speculative excesses, and the BCB would lose the confidence that AMST gives to long-term holders of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's interest rates are based on the arbitrage between the expected return of holding Bitcoins versus the expected return of lending them out. The expected return of holding Bitcoins is completely tied to its expected future exchange rate because Bitcoins are currently a pure vehicle currency. The heterogeneous expectations of Bitcoin holders regarding the exchange rate has led to the development of marginal lending operations. However, the vast majority of Bitcoin holders expect exchange rate appreciation at rates far greater than any borrower is willing to pay. Bitcoins will continue to be hoarded and Bitcoin-denominated credit markets will continue to be underdeveloped until either the expectations of Bitcoin holders adjust downward or are met. The BCB, or Bitcoin Central Bank, does not need to take action to break the current equilibrium state since the hoarders' expectations will be met given Bitcoin's proven superiority to legacy payment networks and stores of value. Fractional Reserve Banking Cannot Develop Fractional Reserve Banking entails the creation of new money that is fungible with already pre-existing money. In other words, it can be used interchangeably within the currency's payment systems. This is impossible with Bitcoin. The BCB enforces the strictest deposit regulations in the world by requiring full reserves for all accounts. This is the digital equivalent of the Chicago Plan, or the Austrian 100% Reserve Gold Standard. Under this regulatory regime, money is not destroyed when bank debts are repaid, so increased money hoarding does not cause liquidity traps. 
Instead, it increases real interest rates and lowers consumer prices. This is a self-stabilizing cycle as higher interest rates incentivize hoarders to invest while deflation increases consumption due to the wealth effect on hoarders. The BCB prevents lending out of deposits so that it can properly target money supply and avoid the destabilizing effects of commingling the credit and payment systems. The positive properties of AMST and POWS combined make it certain that absent a technological problem, Bitcoin will be adopted as the global currency. For a deeper understanding of the market process involved in becoming global currency, I would recommend reading Conrad Graf's Explanation of Hyper-Monetization and Peter Serja's Liquidity Analysis of Bitcoins. The Bitcoin Central Bank will be the longest-lasting institution of its kind thanks to the anti-fragile, independent monetary policy it has set in stone. All right, and that will close the article by Pierre Richard on the nakamotoinstitute.org website. Um, as I have said many times, I know before on the podcast, the Nakamoto Institute has a ton of uh, work to go through. They got the complete Satoshi you can go through and read. I've done a ton of reading of Satoshi's, just everything Satoshi has written. Um, uh, there's so much good literature um, dating all the way back to the 90s and 80s. Um, I think there's even some stuff, yeah, Protocols for Public Key Crypto Systems in 1978 uh, by Ralph Merkel. I mean, the, the history of cryptography and Bitcoin and all of the predecessors of Bitcoin is literally all here in this website. Um, and I go through this a lot. When I'm bored and I have nothing else to do or I don't find anything good on Medium, this is where I go to just dig into stuff or, if nothing else, get recommendations for other things to read. Um, like I've downloaded, uh, there's a bunch of links of uh, money, bank credit, and economic cycles. Um, by DeSoto, um, I got a whole, okay, this, it's just it's a wonderful website, you got to check it out. And obviously, if you're not following Pierre Richard, you need to be doing that like yesterday. Um, check out his podcast, his and Michael Goldstein's podcast, the Noted, N-O-D-E-D podcast. Um, uh, it's a great podcast, it's one of the few Bitcoin podcasts that I actually try to keep up with, um, even though I, there's still a number of episodes I haven't listened to. Uh, and uh, uh, don't forget to check out the Nakamoto Institute. Um, but this was, uh, this was one that made a big impact on me um, in the early days. Uh, and it was one of the first ones that I read, or when I started really digging into the fact, or thinking about Bitcoin as a central bank, a, uh, a, a software-based central bank that could actually guarantee its monetary policy and was entirely independent of um, uh, any, any other institution or entity or group of people uh, in the world. And despite the fact that still at this time I was um, selling Bitcoin as a cheap payment network, I was beginning to understand and I was digging deeper into the fact that its independence from all political institutions is what made it revolutionary and groundbreaking. And 
I was also getting to the point, it was around 2013, 2014, that I began to wonder the, that question in the back of my mind is, this thing, this thing's probably not going to work for a payment network. Um, is it's still, it remains revolutionary. And, um, the independence of the monetary policy, uh, was groundbreaking. Um, like this, this is truly, truly a breakthrough on the realm of 5,000 years worth of money, um, on monetary history. And I was digging into it. I was beginning to see that there was a trade-off there, even though in reality, it still wasn't another two years. It wasn't until 2015, early 16, that I um, really began to... Uh, I kind of dismissed it at the time. And then back when 2016 came around, I started looking at it again really heavily from the, is it a payment network? Is it a money? Is it a financial court? What is, what is this system actually? What is its greatest use case? And, uh, uh, but this was a, this analogy has stuck with me since. And uh, it always, I think, goes back to the core of what makes this uh, such a powerful technology. Is that we're not competing with Visa or PayPal. That's not what this game is about. Visa and PayPal are peanuts. They are, they are grains of sand in comparison to the Bank of International Settlement, the Federal Reserve Bank, the IMF. These are Bitcoin's competitors. And if we are looking just a few feet in front of our faces at you know PayPal and Visa and worrying about whether the transaction costs 10 cent or 40 cent, we're going to completely miss the magnitude of disintermediation on a global scale that Bitcoin can allow or it enables. Um, and doing so, uh, I think, would miss one of the greatest opportunities in human history. We are living through an extraordinary time. And to see this play out live i think i think this will be one of the most historically significant technologies that we've ever seen born um i think it's comparable to the internet and then some i mean the internet is it's so hard to say because the internet this is based on the internet they can't exist without the internet so uh, in a way bitcoin is still just step two of the internet but i think it makes the internet a thousand times more impactful than it is already and you know who knows who knows maybe something even crazier will come along and we don't have a clue what the next 50 60 years will bring or how long any of us will live at this point um so maybe i'll see something even more impactful maybe even even more revolutionary than bitcoin but i have a hard time imagining anything as fundamental and as radically subversive to the current architecture of civilization as independent, sound, digital money. Um, you know, maybe something will come along, but I just, I honestly could not imagine anything right now that could have a greater impact on the world than Bitcoin. We will stop there. 
That'll close us for today. Um, thank you for listening to the Crypto Economy Podcast. Don't forget to check out Pierre Richard. Um, I will tag him and uh, link to his stuff on Twitter uh, and link to the Noted Podcast, just since I mentioned that. Um, and you should definitely check that out. His, his, he and Goldstein do a great job with that podcast. Um, and uh, uh, don't forget to check out the Nakamoto Institute if you want to do some digging and really learn about monetary history, central banking, uh, and all the precursors and underlying technical everything, everything about Bitcoin, the philosophy, its history. That's the place to go, man. There is just a huge set of writing and discussion on the topic uh, over there, and it's a great place to dive deeper into all of this. Um, don't forget to follow me at The Crypto Economy on Medium, Mastodon, and Twitter. You can find the Mastodon link in my Twitter uh, a description there on my profile page. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes so that you don't miss any more of the awesome discussion and topics that we cover from all the best writers and thinkers in the crypto economy. Um, and uh, if you would like to donate to the show, uh, don't forget to leave a review. If you feel like you're getting some value out of this, um, uh, a review would be hugely appreciated if you want to support the show. That's a great way to do it. Um, also, you can send me a couple of bucks through my Bitcoin address. That is hugely, hugely appreciated. Helps pay for my coffee. And um, uh, also, uh, you can use my affiliate link if you want to buy a Trezor hardware wallet. Do it through my affiliate link, and it'll be no cost to you. And you'll throw a couple of bucks my way to support the show. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you all tomorrow with another episode of the Crypto Economy Podcast. Take it easy, guys.